0: Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock-and-roll radio station. On this week's show, we had such a fun time last week, we're going to do it again, and we're going to revisit some previous interviews. We actually have two for you today, Roger Pfeiffer of Mission Garden and Gail Hartman of the Turquoise Trail. Today is August 21st. My name is Tom Heath. And you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core. And we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to U-Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming at downtownradio.org. Also available... On your iPhone or Android by using our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app. And if you want to reach us on the show, head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org. You can find our past episodes. There's a contact form. You can also email us, contact at lifealongthestreetcar. We are on Facebook and Instagram. And our podcast is anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. So last week, we redid an interview uh, with uh, Rick Collins of the Presidium Museum because last yesterday was their big celebration of our modern-day uh, European city founding birthday, August 20th. And I actually got more response from that interview than most of the more recent ones. And a couple of comments I heard were, I'm kind of new to the show, and it was kind of great to hear these um, uh, these older stories. So, of course, I want to remind you, you can head over to lifelongstreetcar.org. You can listen to all of these shows. But then I got a an email um, from Mission Garden, and they are launching a new series called The Gardener's Tales. And this is you know really what it sounds like. It's Mission Garden. They have devoted gardeners. And as they describe them, they are dirt-loving, dedicated folks who water, care, and work the soil for our beloved heritage trees and plants. So they started a series of interviews with these gardeners to talk about how they came to be at Mission Garden, what Mission Garden means to them, and what it means for um, our community. So I just saw that posting, and I got the feedback about the previous shows, and I said, you know what, we're going to do one more. So I went back to episode number one. If you're going to go back, go all the way back, right? And I pulled up our interview with Roger Pfeiffer. And we uh, uh, chatted with him about the history of Mission Garden back in 2017, October of 2017. And we're going to replay that for you here in just a moment. It is, uh, again, a little bit dated, but the information about Mission Garden, the history, the culture, the significance is, is still very valid. So let's start the show today with Mission Garden from 2017 with Roger Pfeiffer.
1: I'm Roger Pfeiffer, and I am co chair of a nonprofit organization called Friends of Tucson's Birthplace to preserve, protect, and to the extent possible, recreate the cultural aspects on the west side of the Santa Cruz called Tucson Origins Heritage Park. First evidence of agriculture on the Santa Cruz River was found here. Agriculture meaning a permanent habitation this was the birthplace of what has grown into Tucson. The native population has been here for 4,100 years. Then came the, the Spanish missionaries, and then during the Mexican Revolution, they kicked Spain out and Mexico took over. So we've had Mexican farmers here. We've had missionaries. They've also had Chinese farmers that actually farmed on these four acres. It was only purchased in the 1980s by Pima County from a private individual and in agriculture. That is unique. We are an ethnobotanical educational museum. We are, we are portraying in as authentic way as possible all the different crops that were raised by the different cultures that have farmed here for 4,100 years and as, as authentic as possible the ways in which they, they grew them and, as authentic as possible, the way in which they prepared the food that they took out of these gardens. This is called Mission Garden, um, but it reflects many different cultures. So we have a garden that's, we have, first of all, a native Sonoran Desert plant garden that that identifies and, and shows people how people, even as agriculturists, they still harvested from the desert. So we have all of the plants, many of the plants that they harvested from. Then you, you come around in a timeline fashion to early agriculture. That was the 4,100 years ago culture. And then the next culture garden is the Hohokam garden. And the next culture garden is the pre-European contact O'odam garden. And then the post-European contact O'odam garden. And then then we have the Spanish colonial garden, which is the the Kino Heritage Fruit Tree, an orchard. We have some uh, some heritage uh, garden crops, uh, including uh, winter wheat that that the that was introduced from the old world to the new world. And then we move on from the Spanish to the Mexican garden, and a and a Chinese garden. And then we have in the future we have uh, we are going to have a Yaki garden, and then a a statehood garden that would that would encompass an African-American component and a European-American component. And then the end result will be a tomorrow's garden, which is going to try to ask the question, how can we continue to grow food in the Sonoran Desert given three main challenges? Water scarcity, which is a lot different than it, than it used to be, population pressure, and climate change. We generally do that tour in a chronological period. There are people who come here for particular things they want to see, but the general tour that people take is a chronological tour. We're trying to show people how, how things are grown, how things were grown, and how you might be able to use some of those things. So one of the things we do is we, every Thursday, we give produce to the farmer's market uh, through the community food bank. This garden would not exist without volunteers. So we allow volunteers to take home food for their families. We have several restaurants that are interested in, from time to time, doing kind of special dishes uh, when, it's, when it's available, but we can't do that on a consistent basis. We do have festivals throughout the year. Coming up on October 28th is our annual Membrio Fest, which is a quince, our quince trees. Uh, they'll be harvested. We'll show them how to pre- uh, make stuff out of quince we have a Mexican sweet limes that are going to be available probably in December, January. And that's a very interesting, interesting citrus that people aren't used to. In April, May, we have our annual winter wheat festival, San Isidro Festival, where we harvest the winter wheat and then we serve traditional foods. We've had to have pomegranate festival here last year. We're going to probably look be looking for a fig festival, just honoring the different kinds of produce that come up. The Chinese are, are producing some very interesting vegetables, heritage vegetables from Chinese backyards that grew up in Tucson. Oftentimes um, the, the Chinese uh, Cultural center in Tucson is very involved in the Chinese garden. The Tahan autumntum elders come out and have helped us plant the uh, the Tahan O'odham gardens and the Hohokam gardens in and, and the early agriculture gardens. So yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of help. And from a variety, but our volunteers come from all walks of life. We are now in the process of putting together a commercial kitchen. Um, we just got two buildings built, an education center and a public restroom and a, and a kitchen area. So we're going to be able to take the produce and right out of the garden to the kitchen and have cooking classes and show people how to how to make different things. And other chefs will could come in here as guest chefs and show people. Using our materials show them how to make things out of it. It is free, we, we do ask if people can to make a $5 donation coming in but because that's what we exist on, that and grants. I have learned a lot, I am a, a, a poster guy for lifelong learning I think. Agriculture is, was new to me with the exception as I grew up in Michigan. I had a family garden all the time and we, we grew summer, a summer garden all the time. And my grandfather was in charge of a greenhouse in, in, uh, in Michigan. So I, my dad keeps saying I'm, I'm, a, I'm a throwback to my grandfather.
0: <laughs> that was Roger Pfeiffer from our very first show, our very first interview, October of 2017. And we were talking about Mission Garden. Now, back in the olden days, when I first started this show, I was very ambitious, and I always had two feature segments. So what you heard now, we're doing one segment and giving a bit more time. But what you just heard was uh, the entire segment from Roger Pfeiffer. So after the break, we're going to come back and talk about another cool project that has us out and about here in uh, the summer heat, uh, the Turquoise Trail. But first, I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on downtown radio 99.1 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to LifeAlongTheStreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number three zero eight seven. DK
2: number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity.
0: Welcome back. So in the first half of the show, we heard from Roger Pfeiffer of Mission Garden. Then um, we took a little bit of a break and now we're going to pick back up with a second interview, different topic. And this is Gail Hartman. She is a... uh, She's a very integral part of the Presidio Museum. And last week, uh, Rick Collins, we had that interview, really, really well received. Lots of good comments about that interview and the the Presidio Museum and a couple of questions about the Turquoise Trail. So I thought, hey, we did a story on the Turquoise Trail. And um, this is uh, Gail Hartman, who was part of the founding of of, uh, that effort. And she'll tell you the story of how that came to be. Uh, but this, uh, this goes back again to, to March of uh, 2018. So again, diving back into the archives. Uh, Gail Hartman talking about the history and path of the Turquoise Trail.
2: Tucson is an especially interesting place because we have a long history and we have a really unusual history, meaning we have a Native American history. Then we were part of Spain. Then we were part of Mexico. And then finally we became part of the U.S., uh, so it's a great place to to learn about your past. And we are sitting at the Presidio today, the Presidio San Agustin del Tucson, or del Tucson. Uh, I am a past president of the Tucson, of the board of the Tucson Presidio Trust. That's the organization that manages the Presidio. A friend of mine came to me, my friend Marjorie Cunningham, who's a lawyer, just retired now, but her, she came to me because she has lots of clients who are downtown and sometimes have to spend an hour or two, I guess, waiting for a judge or something. And she got this idea from being in Boston, from going to what's called the Freedom Trail, which is brick brick pavers, I believe, in a big line on the sidewalks of Boston, that highlight important historical places, such as Paul Revere's house and things of that sort. And so she got the idea that we ought to be able to do something like that to Tucson, in Tucson. And she just had this written out on a little piece of paper and she'd gone to a couple friends in the city. She didn't really know what to do with it. And the friends suggested she come to me. And so when we started working on this, we decided it would be a really good project that the Presidio Trust could do and we ended up. We well, we started by finding a, a uh, an artist, a really wonderful artist, Wolf Forrest, who still lives in in Tucson. He's a teacher, and he spent one I think very hot summer down here um, tr- making this wonderful map. It's kind of odd perspective map. I mean, I like it. I, some people say it's a little hard to read, and I suppose if you're not from Tucson, maybe it is. But I think it's really kind of neat. And we made this uh, loop, this historic trail. I mean, it's not a real trail, and you need to understand that. We just made a loop for the, in the downtown that uh, passed by a, a number of historical sites.
3: A photograph showing the area right there in the corner that we did the dig. And we ended up finding the remnants of the house of this guy, Sidney Randall DeLong. He was the first elected mayor of Tucson during the Arizona territorial period.
2: And originally we called it the Presidio Trail. Well, primarily because we started here at the reconstructed fort. It was the star, the Arizona Daily Star, that changed the name. And what happened is kind of comical in that uh, we went to the city of Tucson to the council after we spoke to each council member separately with this idea. And we said, we don't really want money from you. We'll try to raise the money privately, or at least from a whole lot of different sources. You know, maybe we'll get a little from the city and the county. But what we would like the city to do is paint this blue line on the sidewalk. And the council gave us a unanimously positive vote. And it turned out that the city transportation department had some extra turquoise paint. So, they painted the blue line, the turquoise line, and then the newspaper started calling it the Turquoise Trail. And we got to thinking after the first, second, or first couple of printings that that's a really nice name and it maybe makes a little more sense to people because it isn't really about the Presidio and that maybe confuses people. So, we just changed the name and we call it the Turquoise Trail now. And it has been phenomenally successful, really far more than we ever expected. This is our eighth printing that we did in 2016, and we print between 20 and 40 thousand of these at a time. We have printed, I think, we're up to about 170 thousand. Now we do have, a, you know, a bit of a problem. Things change downtown. <laughs> So we've had to remove some things, like the Santa Rita Hotel isn't there anymore. We've added the new fire station that's down by the freeway, which I think is a lovely building. We've added the Mission Garden uh, across the freeway, etc. Some people have asked us, well, why don't you have something more permanent? I think it's good to have this line that you can repaint for just those reasons. Things change, things move, and we probably aren't going to always want it in precisely the same place. We did learn in our first repainting attempt that you kind of have to do it in the summer, because you need the paint to dry fast, otherwise people step on it, and you end up with little footprints going off in all directions.
0: Is there any criterion for
2: what puts you on the map? Is it is it a committee decision? Oh, uh, it was Marjorie and my decision, basically. We are, we're a committee of two. Um, she really uh, initially made it, and so a number of these things were hers, and it was really that she routed it so that it would would go past places of historic
3: interest. Uh, an unhappy woman had an affair with a young man and one day her husband came home and killed the man and buried him out in the backyard and uh, afterwards people, women started coming here and saying prayers to his soul it became a popular spot to uh, do that. So if you look in the bricks, you can see uh, people have stuck prayers in the bricks they have lit candles and they have brought things like you were uh, going to have There were some things
2: that we uh, thought uh, would be nice for people to see, but we couldn't seem to figure out how to include them in a loop so for instance the cathedral which is on south stone we have those in letters as opposed to numbers and so if you come over here and you find g it, it will tell you about the cathedral but you you look at it you don't actually walk by it Down
3: the previous one in the 1930s and uh, and during the urban renewal days they took down everything except for the front of the building so when you go inside it's pretty modern on the inside and uh, at that time period of course they I think they got rid of the stained glass windows that had been inside. But if you go in the lobby, there's one of the bells from the Tucson Presidio from 1807 uh, on display. As we're going to walk by, we're going to walk by the Scottish Rites Cathedral. This is a Masonic temple. And if you're ever here when the building is open, go inside because it's fascinating to see. Uh, They have Egyptian statues and displayed. uh,
0: Well, there's no charge for this, so how is the, the maintenance done? Is it through the Presidio Trust?
2: Some downtown businesses have been very helpful. The Hotel Congress has helped out from the beginning. La Cocina Restaurant has been helpful. And we get a little money from the city, the county, and from the visitor center.
1: What's
0: the overall length of the loop as
1: it currently stands?
2: It's about two and a half miles, two to two and a half miles. And we always tell people it takes about perhaps two hours if you want to walk the whole thing. There's lots of restaurants along the route so you can always stop for coffee or lunch or you know, something of that sort and of course what we've tried to do with these little paragraphs on the back is give you some information about each one of these places that that you pass by and we've made every attempt to make this as as accurate as possible there were a few mistakes at the beginning i think we've taken care of them all you know if anybody sees something they think is wrong they should let us know and we'll be happy to to change them Another interesting area is on the south end uh, when you're walking along Cushing Street and you can look down Convent Street, which is one of the streets that still has the Sonoran row houses. So it's a really good glimpse into what a lot of of Tucson used to be like. We had to reroute the trail because you can't walk through the courthouse arcade at the moment because it's being restored. And then when you walk in to the west, into the park there, there's the the Mormon battalion statue and the Soldado de Cuero. There was the Carrillo Gardens, and, and that was a pond, a lake, small lake, that was made with water from springs and possibly some diverted from the Santa Cruz. I've never been quite sure about that. We need to come up with a little bit better, uh, kind of an institutional plan to keep this going. We don't want it to just be a couple of folks (laughs) that are in charge of it, because it has become quite popular. And we get a lot of snowbirds from northern states. We get a lot of people, you know, Michigan and Minnesota. And it's interesting that a lot of people in Tucson who do follow the trail or take it, they say, gee, we didn't really know, you know, a lot of the things that that are on there. So I hope it helps, helps them learn a little bit about their hometown.
3: Him. Um, and he's a quite well-known singer. If you go in our gift shop, we have his CDs for sale. I encourage you all to spend a lot of money in our gift shop, I think. <laughs>
1: um.
0: All right, that was Gail Hartman talking about the Turquoise Trail from an interview we did back in 2018. Turquoise is still up and they have made some modifications because of the recent developments that have been coming into the uh, downtown area. Also note that uh, if you take it along, you, you, the uh, Tucson uh, Convention Center, that the outdoor area that uh, was designed by Garrett Ekbo, the Ekbo Plaza, is flowing again with water. And that turquoise trail will take you right along there. Well, my name is Tom Heath. You are listening to Life Along the Streetcar in Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org.
1: This podcast is
0: sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to LifeAlongTheStreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal
2: housing opportunity.
1: Hey, well, episode 214 is about
0: to be wrapped up here, and I appreciate my uh, indulgence to your, your allowing me to go down memory lane here. Uh, last week we talked about the Presidium Museum with a, an interview we did with Rick Collins a few years ago, and today we got to hear from Roger Pfeiffer, which that interview is always special to me because not only is Mission Garden a really cool place, but that was our very first interview on the show. Uh, it was very appropriate to uh, have Mission Garden Roger Pfeiffer kick off a show that's based upon our urban core, given the amount of history that's at the base of a mountain there at mission garden. Uh, but, but it was nice to, to revisit that interview. And also we heard from Gail Hartman of the Presidio museum talking about the turquoise trail, which is still going strong. Uh, lots of um, additions have been made to how you can access it. You have the map you've got the, um, uh, there's an app now you can download, follow along. So even though those are, uh, Articles that are dated, the material and the information is still very relevant today. And next week we'll get into something new. In fact, something uh, you know coming up here in, in September, uh, we'll talk to the team over at Hotel Congress about their Hoco Fest, which is a big concert. But they've also partnered with Ten West to bring in a uh, sustainability summit. So it's an interesting juxtaposition of of ideas happening in. Connection with the HOKO Fest. So we wanted to uh, get them on the show. We'll have them next week and talk to them about all those cool upcoming events. And if there's everything you want to hear, topics you want us to cover, things you uh, would like us to shed light on, hit us up on, on Insta- in Instagram or Facebook. Those are probably the best ways to connect with us. You can also email us, contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org lots of, lots of ways, but uh, just do, do stay in touch. And while you're hopping around the internet, don't forget to check out our host website, which is the uh, downtownradio.org and checking out all these lineups. I'm so excited to just be a part of this station. The cool shows on Sunday, which I talk a lot about. And then I found, you know, Jim and Dave with the you know, the the roadside show on Mondays. We've got the Arizona 411 on Thursdays, all Arizona music and the uh, Bo and Hope Awesome have this thing dialed in. They get really good guests to come on and talk about their shows that are um, coming up or album releases. They do all kinds of cool things like, you know, third set triple play. That's just, you know, that's just professional stuff right there. But you can check out the whole lineup over there on downtownradio.org. And finally, you got to know, I'm going to ask, while you're over there, hit that donate button. All volunteers run the station. The uh, the board, the tech people, the smart people making things work, even our carpenters and, and electricians, they're all, all a volunteer um, Effort here, so if you can donate a little bit of money, and if you ideally could get yourself on a on a monthly donation, doesn't have to be a lot. Just having that stable income helps the station do an even better job of broadcasting this great information and, and getting it out to you in lots of ways. You can already hear us on the radio, you can hear us online, and you can get the app. So I think we're doing pretty well for a bunch of show hosts and DJs that don't get paid and just have a lot of fun doing it well i do appreciate your time this week we're going to leave you with a little music that's i think again appropriate from our last guest gail hartman talking about the turquoise trail we have a a song here it came out looks like it was a single in 2021 from a uh i don't know if it's an individual or group but the name is uh, tiger blood jewel and the song is on the trail My name is Tom Heath. I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.